Thanks for signing up for the Public Beta Podcast. It is April 24th, 2020. It is Friday, which will be the new home of the Public Beta Podcast until all this blows over. Also, we're going to stop promising week to week that we're going to talk about New Vegas. Uh, that's just going to be on a hiatus. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's either just going to be on a hiatus uh, until we decide to pick it back up again, uh, or we'll just at some point do a podcast where the podcast is just about New Vegas and we'll blow through it. Either way, uh, we're here this week. Myself, Lee, I am joined by Reed. Yes. It seems like a million years ago, but also just yesterday, that you finished Final Fantasy VII Remake and you were very agitated. Whoa, hold on there, guys. Let's just not go into Final Fantasy VII spoilers without giving everybody a fair warning. So, uh, Reed ended up ranting for a good 50 minutes. Around the 30-minute mark, I uh, didn't want to cut him off, and I knew the entire podcast would be Final Fantasy VII Remake. So what I'm going to do is bounce the rest of that with Reed to the end of the episode, and uh, you're going to get me solo talking about some Animal Crossing and some quick news before I throw back to the podcast already in progress. First thing I need to talk about when, uh, in regards to Animal Crossing is this whole turnip craze. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of it. Um, a couple weeks ago, my wife bought a bunch of turnips, and then come Tuesday, she had sold her turnips by visiting a stranger's island on the internet and uh, selling them at an increased value. This is very interesting, I thought to myself as I bought 500 turnips the following Sunday and asked Krista uh, if for a fee she would take the turnips and turn them in for me. Come Tuesday, we're looking at a website where people are able to post their islands. There is a built-in queuing system. Uh, There are rules for every one of these islands. Some of these people have legitimately high turnip prices and they're just posting their island uh, for visitors that day. Some people are spoofing, time-traveling, moving to a time or date uh, where turnips uh, are worth a lot as there is an algorithm and you can actually figure out uh, by tracking your, your turnip sales when these spikes will hit. It's all cheating uh, in, a, in, a, in a way. <laughs> I mean, the game uh, economy uh, and the game itself is, is built around you making bells or dollars constantly. So any way you can find to circumvent that uh, is it's it's going to happen, man. Uh, and I hold it against no one as I participated in such a thing uh, this week. However, the vibes uh, <laughs> this this gives me... So back in the day, uh, Final Fantasy XI, uh, there'd be times where I'd get busy with school or I'd get busy with a part-time job. And uh, I, I just wouldn't have the time to spend playing Final Fantasy XI. So when the summer rolled around and I came back, uh, the economy would always be very, very different. What things cost, what things I needed to continue leveling my characters and do things in the game, namely magic scrolls in that game. A lot of them can be quested once per character. Uh, and therefore, when you resell these things on the auction house, they become very expensive. So uh, like any MMO, uh, gold buying is absolutely an option. Of course, you may know about gold farming, gold buying from MMOs uh, of the of the knots, as it were. Uh, and Final Fantasy XI was no different. There were people farming gill that you could go on multiple websites and buy gill. And uh, some of my lowest points uh, during the summers of Final Fantasy where I just didn't want to grind the gill. And I needed a certain amount of it. And I wasn't playing every day to grind this gill. Uh, I, at least a couple times uh, that I can remember, bought uh, some gill. And it was never more than I needed. Uh, it was just kind of what I needed for some scrolls or some uh, pieces of armor. And and so be it. And it wasn't an exorbitant fee either uh, when you really consider you're buying something that's digital currency. So its value is really zero outside of games like this. Uh, and now apparently Animal Crossing. Uh, it, it, spending 60 US dollars for the equivalent of, let's say, 2 million gil. Um, it, it's an MMO, so the economy is up and down. 2 million gil could mean something different in 2004 than it means in 2012. But the vibe I got... Uh, from this whole turnip thing. So people are, you know, someone will spoof their date so they're Sunday. You can go to their town and buy more turnips and kind of eternally bounce between towns and make infinite money. Uh, the queuing system, though, when people have a really high price, can take a very long time, and there's nothing to say that that person won't close their island at any time. It's their prerogative. They might need to turn the game off and go to sleep. Uh, a lot of people are friendly on here. They're just, uh, as you may have seen in uh, a story earlier this week where one Elijah Wood uh, on Twitter hit somebody up to drop into their town, hang out with their friends, and sell their turnips. Uh, there's that light side of this, and then there's also the dark side of this where basically it's a classified ad, and it's just like, hey, you can come into my town. You have to drop uh, three times 99,000 bells in front of me before I even let you in the town. 
Now, the issue here is you can easily be scammed by someone kicking you from the island after you give them your money before you're able to sell those turnips. And let me tell you, with people coming and going from the island, the game has to load and save in between each one. So when you get to the island, you drop this money. It could be an excruciating 15 minutes while you try to get to their store and sell something before either your connection drops, you lose your place in the queue, they close their island and scam you. Who the fuck knows? It's the wild fucking west, and it was absolutely fascinating. Uh, I don't know what the name of the website was we were on, but just scrolling through the ads, not all of them are pertaining to turnips either. They can have someone visiting their town, etc. that you may want to interact with. Usually these don't require a fee. But I was seeing things like, hey, my able sisters are selling a really rare crown. Uh, so if you want to come buy this crown that is 1.2 million bells, please come to my town, drop 500,000 bells, and etc. Uh, really, what you're paying for here is the random element, the turnip price that the store is accepting. Uh, so it is a stock market. I don't know if I explained how turnips work. Obviously, if you're still listening to this at this point, I assume you have some knowledge of Animal Crossing or heard me rattle on about it for the last week. So turnip selling, fucking crazy. Uh, and then, of course, a huge update hit for Animal Crossing this week, just yesterday on Thursday. Leaf is back in town. He's selling all manner of shrubbery and flowers. He was gone today, so he is not there constantly throughout these days. I wonder if he'll be back tomorrow. Apparently, Crazy Red, now Jolly Red, has pulled up his ship to our island. The museum is uh, rumored to have a new wing opening. Presumably, you have to donate something for the wing to be opened. Uh, and that's awesome, because uh, a lot of the art pieces and the way the museum has been handled in this game makes this very exciting. Uh, they, there's a lot of detail put into these museum pieces and the museum itself, and apparently there is uh, another update coming or event where we'll be able to do a stamp card run in the museum. Uh, there is a special island that will be available for May Day. There is a wedding thing going on in June, which might sadly be added because people can't hold their real weddings this wedding season due to the prevailing circumstances, as WWE would say. Uh, but this is all great, and it's all free, and if they support Animal Crossing this way for the next two, three years, uh, and then just get the regular holidays going after that, uh, very happy to see that. And uh, especially the way they seem to be able to add such such huge things, gameplay mechanics even, into this game via updates is very exciting for what they could have planned for this game in the future. Uh, of course, you only buy the game once, so at, at some point they have to sell a DLC or an expansion or something like that. I think people will be willing to buy it. I think Pokemon will be the guinea pig for that. That's all I have to say about Animal Crossing this week. Our town hit five stars. It's looking great. Uh, we had someone move out. We're excited to see who comes next. Uh, we got the store upgraded. We are living life on Honey K. And uh, if you want to see some screenshots of our adventures there, at Honey K Island on Twitter is where you want to go. Let's talk really quickly about some news stories here. And then I'm going to send it back to me and Reed from earlier today, uh, spoiling the shit out of Final Fantasy VII Remake. XCOM Come Air Squad is out today on PC. If you're an XCOM fan, if you're a tactical uh, RPG fan, check this shit out. Uh, there is a new initiative system uh, that's apparently kind of D&D-esque in this game that people are really liking, so check that out. Uh, if Call of Duty Warzone has been up your, uh, your alley and you want to try out the multiplayer uh, in the regular game, the multiplayer will have a free weekend starting on the 24th. You can play on five multiplayer maps for free this weekend. Check that out. Uh, Fallout 76, uh, which I chuckle as I bring up the name. Uh, we talked about last week how the Wastelanders DLC is here. It is also completely free, uh, and adds NPCs and a quest line and some other, amongst other things to the game. Uh, apparently fans are reporting that new NPCs are looting their dead bodies. And, uh, they are unable to either locate these NPCs or get their items back otherwise. I love... The thing, the, the the things that will truly happen in this game, bug-wise, the, the truth is much stranger than the fiction. You can't imagine the bugs uh, that will come out of Fallout 76. The, you're thinking too horizontally, man. you got to think in 4D space. we got NPCs now. Well, what if they loot your dead body because they're programmed to do so? And what if you just can't get your items back? That's fantastic. Uh, so hopefully they figure that out. Uh, I'm going to tell you, the Siren Call, Fallout 76, uh, I have a million other things to play. Uh, but the free DLC does have me somewhat interested. I like my time with Fallout 76, but I played it with uh, my buddy Trev, uh, for the most part. Which definitely cuts down on some of the monotonous wandering, as there aren't a lot of quest lines to follow up on that game. WWE says there will be no WWE 2K video game this year. There will be no simulation WWE uh, video game. Apparently they have an announcement coming on Monday. 
I'm hoping they announce something uh, a little out of the ordinary. I don't know if you guys remember the WWE All-Stars game for PS3 and 360. That game's a lot of fun. And it's a real shame that every two, three years we can't get an updated game like that. That's just an arcade wrestling game. Uh, so I'm hoping that's that's what this is. Uh, there's the the cool thing about WWE, all the history, all the characters, uh, is do something that isn't just a straight wrestling game. Use the personalities and use the likenesses and the licenses uh, to make something cool. There was a game called WWE Immortals, uh, which is like a, a Mortal Kombat fighting game using WWE characters that were like done up in uh, different getups. Uh, Daniel Bryan was like a, a satyr, and like Undertaker was like a demon or some shit. I don't remember exactly, but uh, the character designs on that were really cool, and seeing a car- arcade fighter like All-Stars in that style would actually be very neat, and, uh, you know, I hope nobody uh, obviously loses their job uh, over this game having to be cancelled and pushed back. However, if anybody was going to get a shake-up, it is this team, this publisher, and WWE. Hopefully they can come back in 2K22 with something worth fucking playing, because uh, they continuously cut features from this game. Uh, they, as you know, this last game had a litany of bugs and glitches and graphical stuff. Which is why I play the game, admittedly. Uh, but it was a little little out of hand. As long as the game isn't crashing. If it's fucking up and there's physics problems, that's, that's why I paid the price of admission. Personally. That's going to be about it for me. Uh, this weekend, I plan to maybe get back into control and finish that up once and for all. Final Fantasy VII Remake, I am working through. Really slow burning that one. Tons of Animal Crossing will be played, no doubt. But in the meantime, I am going to throw back to myself and read to tell you all about the ending of Final Fantasy VII Remake and its ups and downs. Uh, consider anything from here on out to be spoilers for Final Fantasy VII Remake. Hang on to your hats. It's a pretty wild ride. And we'll talk to you again next week that you finished Final Fantasy VII Remake and you were very agitated about what transpired at the end. I think we both know that we're going to be getting into this, especially me. I'm going to be getting into this later. I have a lot to say about it, so you know what? As soon as we get there, Right, so my philosophy... Uh, listen, I love the Sector 5 Slums music so much that I'm still there. It's so great. (laughs) Oh, wow, you haven't even made made your way to Walmart yet. Uh, I hadn't played Final Fantasy VII Remake since Saturday. Uh, I played oh. it last night, Thursday, and uh, cleared all the side missions. Uh, but just to be running... just to just to be perfectly clear, I didn't finish the remake yesterday. I finished it on Sunday, and it's Friday right. today. Yes. Yeah. So we talked about this Monday, and then we kind of shelved it for for today. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I just cleared all the subquests with Aerith in the uh, Sector 5 slums, and it's going to be all spoilers from here on out for Final Fantasy VII Remake. You've been warned. Uh, some of those side quests, man. I, I'm they like, man, I haven't played... Suck. Well, yeah, like, I haven't played this in a week, but there's one, I don't know if you remember this at this point, but you fight three of the Mark II robots that have, like, the immunity shields. Yes. And they had my fucking number, man. I, I was getting... I had to I had to use an elixir, Reed. <laughs> the, Lee, I just need you to get to Walmart, and then we can talk about fucking difficult fights. Uh, that's <laughs> happening That's happening for sure. Uh, I, I'm, I'm working on that game tonight and through the weekend here. Uh, however, when you, when you brought up Monday that there is something I needed to know about the ending, I had heard rumblings, uh, that there are some things that transpire there, okay, at the wait, end of this wait, game. Wait, 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 spoilers, yeah. by the way, massive spoilers incoming. Yeah. I said that already. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, uh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna leave, uh, the, the table open here for you, Reed, to, uh, to air your grievances with what yeah. was, and uh, please... Uh, Please yeah. feel free to uh, interject with your thoughts, too, on what I'm about to say. Absolutely. Um, so Final Fantasy VII Remake. Now, I'm prefacing everything I'm saying here today by saying Final Fantasy VII Remake is a fantastic video game. Probably the best in the mainline Final Fantasy series since ten. I would, Yeah, I'd probably say I might like it a little bit more than twelve, and I'm a big twelve fan. Like, one of the 14 12 fans out there. Um, <laughs> Final Fantasy VII Remake is a fantastic video game. It's fantastic. It's a solid 8, 8.5 out of 10. Uh, I would say the big problem with it, until the stuff I'm going to go into, is the side quests, which we just talked about extensively. I think they're uh, uninspired, very boring. They halt the pace down from the story, which is a lot more fun. Um, but anyway, the game up until you get to Shinra HQ is fantastic. And Shinra HQ itself is fantastic. Until one particular part. You get to the last three chapters, Okay. Now, yeah. we got we got to do some worrying parts here. So, f- the first worrying part is 
uh, throughout the game, as soon as you really get to Shinra HQ, you start getting a lot more, like, scenes of flash-forwards, of stuff that should be happening later. And as soon as that shit started happening, like, Cloud will get a vision of, like, Aerith praying when she dies, right? Yeah, so, like, and, I, I, I've been waiting for that moment as, throughout the game, uh, they do this Cloud has flashes of the future, usually to do with these ghosts and stuff, when he wakes up in the church uh, and stuff like that. But uh, yeah. go on, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, like, as soon as that stuff starts happening, you start seeing flashes of the future, you're like, what the fuck? Why? Okay. And then you get to Shinner HQ, and, like, Sephiroth is already there walking around. Like, Palmer sees him. You're like, that's happening way too fucking early. So you start getting even more deviation. I should preface this, by the way, that saying these fucking ghosts, um, and there are an actual name for them, which I'll get to, uh, they're also, I would say, probably the weakest part of the plot up until this point as well. Um, well, that's the think, biggest deviation from yeah, the original game, is you've introduced it, this new element yeah, but it's so out of place because the original game didn't have like spooky ghost things. Like it was like it was a ridiculous cyberpunk plot, but it wasn't uh, paranormal. You it was I mean, like anime fantasy. No, yeah, not, not per se. Yeah. It was a it was a cyberpunk fantasy story, but it wasn't uh, ethereal in nature like no. this is. So every time they're involved in the plot, it seems very out of place. They always interject. They kind of slow down scenes that they're in. I'm just not a big fan of them. Anyway, you get to right. Shinra HQ, and all these problems start culminating. So now these ghosts become... A, they're much more involved in everything happening. So I'd say the bir first big deviation that happens is that you get Red 13. He joins your... Uh, party as a guest member, so you cannot control him, even though he has... Full gear, you can see the fucking material on his clip, he has a full moveset, fully working as a character, and you're left wondering, like, like at least let me play with him for five hours, the five hours I'm gonna have him for, six hours, whatever I brought it is. this up two podcasts ago, I'm like, oh, you'll just get Red 13 at the end, and then uh, he'll be playable, presumably, for the last couple chapters, you can yeah, slot but him I in. Thought, like, yeah, but I thought, like, he would be, like, you know, around, he runs away, he's not really with you guys for the most part, but no, like... Yeah, I don't think that's a good excuse to have him in your party doing shit all the time, and you just can't control him because they didn't want to bother doing that part. I think that was a right. bit disappointing, to say the least, especially for such a cool character, Rev13. Um, right away, I want—I do want to say the voice acting is vastly improved from like the casting of like Advent Children and stuff. Way better. Uh, anyway, so we get Red13, and that shit happens. And right away, that's already like... Okay, I can't use Red 13. All right, whatever. Then Red 13 turns around, and for some reason, he's aware of what these ghost things are, and he explains that they're whispers. Okay. And the whispers here are arbiters of fate, as he calls them, and it is their job to make sure that destiny and fate stays on its correct course. That's why they've, like, ever since the beginning of the game, they're, like, make, they, like, surround Aerith so Cloud notices her so they meet like they're supposed to, right? Yeah, but they would have presumably met anyways because that's what happens in Final Fantasy VII. No, but but that's what I'm getting. <laughs> I to. know what you that's mean. What yeah. We'll, yeah, that's yes. what we'll get to. Or like, um, remember at the beginning of the game when Cloud was not going to go to the Sector Five reactor; it was going to be Jesse. But then the clouds broke her fucking ankle, or the the whispers broke her fucking ankle, and then Cloud had to go. Right. Right. So they're making sure the events of the original Final Fantasy VII are happening. And this is when you get a little sniff of that meta bullshit that you don't really want in a game like this. No. You're like, don't, don't, don't make this about the fans, fuck. No one wants this to be about the fans. Right. But, you know, you settle down. You're like, okay, whatever. It might not be a huge deal. You do this very slow, worst dungeon in the game. It's Hojo's Lab. Okay. It's very meticulous, your party is split up, and you constantly need to switch between your party members to open various doors between each other, which wouldn't be a super big deal in, the, in itself, but the problem is you can only swap one materia at a time. So, since you're switching between two parties of characters, and if you're anything like me, you like to make sure that your characters are as powerful as they can be for any given situation, you're constantly having to switch over all your good materia to the other character. Fucking F Final Fantasy VIII had this. Yeah, had I know, I know, I know. It's horrible. It's it's something I totally see them patching in in like a month later or something. Them yeah, going like, I can't believe palettes. we did. Yeah. yeah, 
Because as it is right now, like, you only get one synergy material the entire game, right? How does synergy work? I just picked it up. Or, sorry, not synergy, um, magnify. Synergy is, like, if I attack an enemy with an ability, then that person who has a synergy will attack with whatever magic it's paired for. It's mainly for Aerith. Oh, okay. Um, but, like, sorry, magnified, the, the all material, right, if yeah. you will, in this yeah. game. So, like, you only get one of them. And if you're anything like me, you're going to need that for every fight, for healing or for barrier or anything like that. So having to switch that constantly between two characters is super fucking annoying. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't help that the roster's only four characters and only one of them is actually magically oriented. That's something Red 13 would have balanced out because in the original game, Red 13 is also magically oriented. Um, that's just another negative right there. So you go through this very <laughs> slow, methodical uh, dungeon in Hojo's Laboratory, which is not very fun because, like I said, you have to constantly switch between these things. It's very long. Uh, this was definitely like the, fuck, we're getting to the end. It's only 35 hours. What do we do? Uh, let's put in this three-hour fucking dungeon that's boring. And you're like, okay. Uh, but whatever, up until this point, this game has been fucking fantastic. The combat's still tight as always, of course. In spite of itself, because I thought the whole game would be the four-hour boring dungeon to stretch out the length, but that really isn't the case. Like, it, no, it moves it, at a pretty good clip. Yeah, it only happens really once in this situation. And it's not four or three hours or anything like that. Like, it's a, it's a solid two, I guess you could say. Um, so anyway, you get out of this part, and you, you're, now you're going up to the other levels to go see, like, President Shinra. I should say right now that all the mini-games and cool stuff from the original Shinra HQ, like the, the limited amount of doors you have to open to get the prizes, the coupon, the guessing the, guessing the, 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 uh, present, the fucking Mayor Domino's questions and stuff like that, all that's gone. It's more, it's very linear this time around. Oh, yeah, were you, like, in, like, an office or something, and you were, like, clicking on monitors or something in the original game or something like yeah, that? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. you have ducks a, and shit? Yes, you have a shit ton of minigames in, in the original. There's, like, four levels that all have a different game to them that you have to solve to get additional uh, rewards. Gotcha. Um, so, anyway, there, there's really none of that. It's more linear, which isn't bad in itself. I didn't... At that point in the game, I've already done so many minigames that I didn't want the stress of doing, oh, if I don't do this right, then I'm not going to get this. Whatever. Stuff happens. Um... You make it, so yeah. You make it up to President Shinra's roof. Uh, no, sorry. After you're done at Hojo's lab, you basically uh, you don't get caught like in the original. In the original game, you get caught after rescuing Aerith in Red Thirteen, and you're in the elevator. Rude catches you, and then you guys are thrown in jail. And then everybody remembers the infamous scene where you wake up from jail. You discover a huge trail of blood that leads up to President Shinra's office, right. and you just see Sephiroth's sword. You fight Rufus, you leave, that's it, that's Midgar. You leave on a motorcycle, motherfucker. Yeah, so it's way different this time. So after you rescue Red 13 and Aerith, you guys don't get captured. You kind of just go to Aerith's room room when she was a child, and you just, like, chill there for a bit. Okay. I guess you're just, like, <laughs> resting up. And then you leave. Um, there is no blood trail or anything. There's just a trail of black goo, because there's no blood in this fucking game, and it's ridiculous. There's just, like, this trail of black goo that you saw from Hojo's lab where Jenova's headless body was, right? And obviously, yeah. like, Sephiroth took it. And by the way, all this time, Sephiroth is appearing and taunting you, and now other people can see him, too. It's not just Cloud. Okay, so the uh, implication here is that Sephiroth is, is there. Yes, he <laughs> is there. No, he, like, right before, when, I guess I'm, it's hard to remember all these things that happened, because I'm memory as I go. But, like, when they first got to Hojo's lab, they were approaching Jenova's body, like the original, except this time Sephiroth just showed up and just, like, gave Cloud the ball gazer, basically, and left. Um, he's just like, haha, fuck you, Cloud, and then just left. Or, like, uh, they'll approach an elevator and a vision of Sephiroth will show up, and then Cloud will, like, you know, see Meteor or something and have a little spaz attack, but that's it. <laughs> So anyway, you, f you follow this fucking black goo, and you go up, um, eventually run into Hojo again, and he's just like, oh, ho, ho, I remember you now, Cloud, you're not a soldier, and right when he's about to say, like, you're not a soldier, you're a failed experiment of mine, those fucking whispers again show up and brush Hojo away, because that's not how it's supposed to happen, right? Right. So you're like, okay, whatever, go to President Shinra's, uh, like, top office now. And, like I said before, the original, you follow a trail of blood there, and there's a giant fucking sword in his back, and he's dead. That's it. 
Yeah. This game, very different. There is no more trail of blood. Like I said, you're following the trail of black goo that ends before his office, even. Go into his office, no President Shinra there at all. Not dead. Like, okay. You go outside, and he's hanging off the fucking ledge, like, about to fall. Okay. You're like, you're like, and you never get explained why he's hanging off this ledge. It's just, like, I guess it's assumed, some, like, Sephiroth might have just, like, pushed him off slightly or something. So he's like, oh, save yeah. yeah, so he's like, oh, save me. Barrett does, like, the super intimidating thing. But what? here's something I really did, like, as far as character development goes. Um, Barrett restrained himself through the through after his actions of the Sector, Sector Seven plate collapse and everything like that. Yeah, he really calms down and he has a lot of introspection at this point. Like all, President Shinner is the manifestation of his frustration, of his anger, of everything that's gone wrong, and he finds the will in himself to pull him up and demand instead of killing him, he's like, "You're going to clear our names. You're going to tell the people that Shinner is the one ruining the Earth, not Avalanche." Blah, 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 blah. Great character moment for Barrett. So I really love that part, actually. Except when they get... This is the dumbest fucking part, too. So Barrett throws him up, and he's like, you're gonna tell them that Avalanche is fine, that Shinra's responsible, blah, blah, blah. President Shinra's, like, backing up and doing the cowardly thing, like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> They get to the fucking... They get to his desk, because he just keeps backing up, and President Shinra just pulls a gun out of his desk, because Barrett's a fucking idiot. So Barrett has a gun pointed at his head. <laughs> Meanwhile, Cloud and... Cloud and the gang just let Barrett have this moment, apparently, because they haven't even walked back into the office from outside yet while all of this is happening. So they're just at the entrance into the apartment when, as President Shinra is about to shoot Barrett, Sephiroth shows up and stabs President Shinra, like in the original. Except this time, we're here to witness it. So President Shinra dies, and then... You see, like, the whispers show up again, not stopping anything, but this is slightly different from the original, so they're they're making their presence known. And then this is when shit gets really weird, okay? Alright. Sephiroth looks around, he's aware of the whispers, and he's like, he gets a smirk on his face like he's gonna try some shit. So he fucking does some omewa shinderu shit, appears behind <laughs> Barrett, and stabs him in the fucking stomach. <laughs> I should preface this by saying, by the way, since there's no blood still in this game, every time someone gets stabbed, it just looks like black shadow oh, coming right. out of their stomach. It looks so <laughs> bad. What? It looks I so bad. I can't even bad. imagine the, the pop-off. Like, the, okay, here we go. Uh, no, yeah, that was <laughs> yeah. me. I was like, okay. So, <laughs> yes. So, anyway, he stabs Barrett, and instead of Barrett bleeding, he's shooting out shadow because this fucking game... Um, so he's shooting out Shadow, whispers are going fucking nuts all of a sudden, because this is obviously not what goddamn happens, so you try to stop, so Cloud and the gang finally decide, okay, now it's time to move that our friend got stabbed, so they start to move in, uh, Sephiroth disappears, but more specifically, he turns back into one of his clones, holding the body of Genova, so you can tell this is Sephiroth possessing one of his clones from the Northern Crater, Taking Genova's body. This is much like the original, is what I'm trying right. to say. The original did not have the clone carrying Genova's body. In the original, Sephiroth just straight up controlled Genova's body. But it's essentially the same thing. Who cares? So Cloud's like, oh shit, I'll go stop Sephiroth. So he chases the fucking Sephiroth hallucination clone man. Whatever you want to call him. Outside. Barrett is inside dying. The Whisper right. goes inside of Barrett and brings him back to fucking life. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, oh, what happened? And he's like, oh, I don't know. Like, he's My like, he's got, yeah, like, they're aware that they're like, they're like, oh, and Red 13, again, has to keep reminding these fucking idiots that they're not friend or foe. They're just here to make sure that destiny plays its course. Right. So whatever, who cares? Um, you try to chase down Sephiroth, but he just disappears because he's not actually there. He just turns back into his clone who fucking jumps off the building and Cloud's like, okay, bye, I guess. Um, so Cloud tries to go rejoin his friends, and he sees that Barrett's alive, and is like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, good. <laughs> um, yeah, good, <laughs> you're alive. And then this is when Rufus shows up, and god damn it, god damn it, t- uh, is it Tetsuya Nomura? Y- yes. Yes, he, we all know he loves belts and buckles and well, boots, y- right? you're referring to the character designer that now has a job higher than that and is influencing yes. a lot of these things from the top so down. So, yes. if you remember the original Rufus design, it was... Mm, yeah, he had that kiss. white coat. 
It was a long white coat. He looked like a southern gentleman. That's all you needed. Yeah, well, this fucker comes out with a new design, and he has about 60 goddamn belts and about 20 <laughs> goddamn buckles. It's just flying everywhere. He looks like he's wearing a straight jacket that's been loosened. Like, it's just, he's throwing coins in the air and shooting the <laughs> coins, and the coins project lasers out. It's the it's so anime and ridiculous. He's like, throw, he flips these coins up, he takes out these lever action rifles and shoots it, and it's like, um, bring, bring, bring. Uh, uh, the, for the last eight minutes, this is probably the thing I'm most okay with. No, it's awesome. And yeah. It's awesome in the in the most anime kind of way. So you have a fucking really hard fight with Rufus, probably the hardest fight in the game for me, because he counters every basic attack for Cloud. And I'm like, okay, how else do I gain ATB? Because I can't. I'm not going to just sit here and hold Use dodge the, ATB the whole time. ATB boost materia. I guess so. Um, <laughs> but he'll he'll counter every time you try to basic attack him. Uh, and he was yeah, very difficult fight. I still won it just through items and shit. You just keep yeah. healing, I guess. But whatever. Um, so that part was normal. Um, and you're like, okay, let's just everybody get the fuck out of here. So everybody has to get the fuck out of here. Um, <laughs> you go down, uh, Barrett has this, another great moment where he's, he's like, he's adamant that he's going to sacrifice himself so Tifa and Aerith can get out. He has this really, really good line. Barrett's the most impressive character in this game, by he's the way. He's already died once. What's, uh, you know? <laughs> no, but he, uh, as far as, like, pure character development and stuff goes, uh, the way he develops with Cloud especially, like, it's very subtle how they do it in battle, too, how they start to get along. It's really nice. Um, he has another great moment where he's like, no, fuck, you saved Marlene. Like, the only thing, I've always been a piece of shit, the only thing I can do now is, like, you know, like, do the last, the only good thing that I have in front of me, and that's, like, defend you guys. But just when that's about to happen here, (laughs) you look up, and it's Cloud on a goddamn motorcycle. Here we go. (laughs) And he starts doing crazy anime, anime bullshit, whipping around and hitting people with tires. He looks like Dante from DMC5. Sure. Wacky Yahoo Pizza Man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they're just like, oh, we gotta go. Um, and that's the Oh end. man, I can't no. believe... No, no. <laughs> I can't believe I skipped one particular part. Uh, so just some other things that happened during Shinra HQ that I kind of forgot about till now. Uh, when you're going... You're just like hanging out on the top floor and this fucking Shinra guy comes up. So you're like, like a regular Shinra grunt and you're ready to fight. And then he's just like, Cloud! Hey! We did training together. What are you doing back here? He's like, let me go get my buddies. And Cloud's just having a goddamn seizure. And he's like, uh." like, oh, God, someone mentioned anything literally about my past. I'm going to have a stroke now. Um, So that part was kind of neat, actually. I like that. I think that's like showing that, yes, Cloud was, in fact, a part of this. I like that. Uh, They're in a VR simulator for combat, and they're just doing some practice stuff. And then Sephiroth shows up. And they have a vision of Meteor coming down and killing all of them. And they're all just like, oh, what was that? So, anyway, you leave Shinra HQ. You have another awesome motorcycle segment like you did earlier. It's still just as fun and wacky. And now you're on an even cooler motorcycle. So it's even more fun. No Roche. No Roche, apparently. Does he not show back up in the, like, spoilers. Does he not show back up? No, that was it. That was his involvement. (laughs) That was his involvement with that game. Okay. I love that. I love that. Um, <laughs> he's just a wacky fucking motorcycle guy that's just like, yeah, I'm oh, Cloud, I'm going to come. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you leave, you fuck the rollerball thing. Everything looks great. Like it's about to end like it did in the original game. And this one, everything gets fucked up. Everything. You head into chapter 19. You're about to head to the end of the road like, literally the end of the highway that you did on the original. But then you look back, and you see the entire Shinra tower now is getting surrounded by these whispers. Like, it's just covered in these fuckers. And then Sephiroth appears in front of you, and all your party's ready to fight. And then fucking whispers surround every side of both you and Sephiroth. Like, your party and Sephiroth. And some bullshit is being said that, like, Oh, like, the Whispers are doing everything they can because it's deviated too much already, and they're trying to, like, stop Sephiroth and us to make sure it all goes according to plan. And then Sephiroth takes his fucking huge katana, 
this huge dick and cuts a huge <laughs> portal in space that makes this giant purple portal. He walks through, taunts him to follow him, and then Aerith is like, all right, I'm going to break the fourth wall for like five minutes now. Uh, she also looks at him and says like, Oh, the whispers. Every okay, every time I say whispers, replace it with fans. Okay? okay, so the whispers want us to do to like proceed with our fate how it's supposed to happen. But we have to defy the whispers. We don't want like the future is not set in stone. We'll be we'll make our own story. We, we won't be a remake. <coughs> we'll be a remake. As yes. it were. Yeah. So then, Aerith shoots out her hand and now a fucking white portal appears oh. and she's like if we go through this there's no turning back <laughs> what is happening like, this is at the end of the tunnel of the highway this is you're yes. like the game is over now the game is over now and this shit's happening so she's like if we go through this portal no, like we make our own destiny and we can never turn back so what she's basically saying is once we go through through here it's no longer final fantasy 7 this is now whatever fucking game this is so you're like, okay, I guess. So all your party go through. You wind up in this giant floating space of nothingness where it's just rubble and pieces of building floating around like fucking Advent children. It's like the final There's stage a, of any Soul Calibur game. It's, it's the like- final stage of any Kingdom Hearts game because fucking Nomura. So there's this goddamn giant ghost in the middle of the, of the, of the level. <laughs> and there's a zillion other ghosts. And like you just and like every time you like hit him, you get like visions blasted into your head like a like fucking Batman Forever with Edward Nigma. <laughs> you get like you get these memories <laughs> shot into your fucking face of the original Final Fantasy VII. So you see shots of like Meteor. You see shots of Red Thirteen with his cubs checking out Midgard at the very end of the game. You see shots of Aerith dying. You see shots of Advent Children. You see shots of all this shit. Advent Children, no shit. Um... And Cloud and the gang are like, oh, what's this? And Red 13 is like, visions of the future if we should fail today. So and you're Red, like, what? Red 13 is like the ghost of, of I guess Christmas so. future. <laughs> yeah, so he's like, visions of the future if we fail here today. So you're like, okay, but that's a good future. That's the one in that's which everybody That's the game I fucking, want to play. <laughs> that's the one where everybody wins and the earth is saved. And right. then you're now realizing, oh... Sephiroth just played all these guys like the fucking idiots they are and only showed them the bad visions of the future instead of the good and the bad, right? Right. So you're trying to fight this giant fucking ghost because everybody thinks that the future is doomed even though they're not. Right. The giant ghost creates three representations. One of them is... So a giant red ghost, a giant yellow ghost, and a giant oh, blue so ghost. fucking Pac-Man. So... <laughs> The blue ghost is like Barrett, yellow ghost is like Tifa, and the red ghost is like Cloud, and when you use Assess on them, it's like, ooh, a legendary hero from an alternate reality or something. You're like, okay, here we go. So you kill them, you kill the giant ghost, and now all the ghosts disappear from Shinra Tower, everything. So what's happening here is they killed the fans' expectations. (laughs) In the last, the closing yeah. minutes. So what they're saying is, is like we're no longer tied to the thread that we need to be to the original Final Fantasy VII. We're now off that story hook. We can do whatever we want. Right. The thing that you would be hyped about, having played this phenomenal game. Yeah. That you want? Like, I want more of this. And then in the last yeah, you're few playing seconds, the remake because like, whatever comes like, oh, next will be yeah, of our own you're invention. Like, you're like, oh, I can't wait till we get to like the Nibelheim flashback at Calm. What if we don't even get that now? Anyway. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not done. I'm not done. Um, so you kill the giant ghosts, and everybody's like, yeah, we defied fate. We're the best. Fuck yeah. Uh, Sephiroth floats down, and he's just like, he's just like, ha, you guys are dumb as fuck. Um, sorry, I'm speaking a lot. Thirsty. Yeah, so Sephiroth's just like, haha, you guys are dumb as fuck. Time for the fan service. So one winged angel comes on. He squares up with your team. And then you guys fight Sephiroth because, goddamn, they just could not you wait to get to, you that. You had to. You had to. This was the most unsurprising part of the game, to I, be honest. You, you, yes. You, the, how we got here, maybe, is a bit more convoluted than you may have thought it would have been. Yeah, and I thought I thought it was a lot more grandose than it was going to be. So when I first imagined a Sephiroth fight in the first game, I thought it was going to be, like, in Cloud's head. It was going to be very right. uh, personal and quaint and very quiet. This was, like I said, it's in this weird alternate dimension with floating 
pieces of rubble. Everybody would have accepted a dream sequence in which you fight Sephiroth. That's fine. Yeah, so you're fighting Sephiroth, you're using the whole team, and immediately there's some cool shit going on. Like, you get some cool cinematics where the team's working together to take down Sephiroth. It's not just Cloud. Um, Sephiroth is starting to get beat. He grows a fucking wing that was only seen ever in Advent Children, which mm-hmm. makes a lot of people think that this is Sephiroth from fucking Advent well, Children. it's in Crisis Core and Kingdom Hearts as well. No, he does. Kingdom Hearts is not canon to Final Fantasy VII, and in Crisis Core, he did not grow a wing, and Geel and Genesis did. Sephiroth didn't grow a wing till Advent Children. Don't quest me on this shit. I'm a Final Fantasy it's VII all expert. Awful. Anytime there's a wing involved. <laughs> yeah, anyway. <laughs> so you fight Sephiroth, and like, you like you're letting loose from this vision or like wherever the fuck you were and now you guys are outside of midgar okay yeah so this is where things get even more goddamn complicated so you you stop sephiroth and he's just like ah good try guys bye and then he just leaves <laughs> you get shit flashes you're back here cloud is still bugging out and you hear uh seph going like sephiroth going like oh i'm not done with you yet cloud so this is another God damn, I, I'm going to keep ranting on about this fucking game. So if you remember the original Final Fantasy VII ending, how it ends is after they defeat Safer Sephiroth, Cloud himself, just him, is pulled through like this fucking portal thing. You see him diving up close in his face, shoots down to Sephiroth, who is shirtless, and they have a battle. They have the flash to flash to their faces, like the psh, psh, psh. Yeah, it's on. Yeah, so this is what happens in this game. Cloud himself is pulled from his consciousness down this stream of thought into this fucking meteor-looking comet thing where Sephiroth is chilling with his shirt this time. He pulls Cloud down. He's like, he's like, welcome to the edge of creation, Cloud. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he points back to what is essentially a fucking whiteboard behind him, and he's like, this is our planet. I want to join this planet back with them. And he's pointing to like a galaxy or like a cosmos, which is very similar to his plan from Advent Children, where his plan was to merge with the planet and use it as a vessel to go to other planets. So that's another reason why people are going, wait, why, why is this Advent Children Sephiroth? (laughs) Um, So then he's like, but Cloud, I need your help to do this, buddy. I can't do this by myself. And you're like, that's also fucking weird, because in the original game, Sephiroth was not... He wasn't coming off as friendly as he is in this. In this, he's going like, Cloud, my buddy, my pal, I need your help. Like, you're good, you're useful, you can help me out here. In the original, he's like, you're a fucking puppet, you're useless, you don't have emotion. So this is, again, very strange. This is making people think this is not the original Sephiroth, because he's not acting like it. Right. He's, he's, he's talking to Cloud in person. In the original, he's he's so far gone by the time you do talk to him in the original that he, does, he very rarely acknowledges Cloud directly. It's like once or twice. In this, he's just like, Cloud, 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 Cloud. So he's like, Cloud, join me. Join the dark side. Together we can defeat Rule the, the Emperor. Rule the galaxy as father yeah. and son. Yeah, so Sephiroth, Cloud goes, no! And they have their... their their crazy anime fight. So Cloud's like, I'm going to end it here, right here, right now. Uh, he starts like throwing his sword, using it as like a pole to do kicks. It's actually really cool. I'm a big fan of this fight. I like crazy anime bullshit. Um, so this cool fight. It's very obvious that Sephiroth's just fucking with him. And then he's just like, he's just fucking with them. He's like, all right, Cloud, you don't have to join me. But he just like teleports behind him again. And he's right in his ear. And he's like, seven seconds, Cloud. What will you do with them? And if anybody is familiar with the original Final Fantasy VII, he's obviously referring to the seven seconds it takes for him from the top to get to the bottom to stab Aerith. So he's giving Cloud a warning about him killing Aerith later. He's like, uh, sure, seven seconds. Say so. What What are you going to do with that? And then, boom, teleports again. They're back outside Midgard just like the original. Except there's still more bullshit. So now Jesus. we see. So now we see that we're back in reality. All the ghosts disappearing. The whispers. We get a vision of fucking Zach Fair. Oh boy! Before the events of Final Fantasy VII, going to fight the Shinra troops. Except now that there's no ghosts determining his goddamn destiny, Zach Fair is alive and well right now. But that happened before this remake even happened. No, no, it didn't. The, what are you the talking Zach, about? Zach dies before the game starts. 
Yes, I'm talking about he lives in this one. So he's just alive. In an, okay, I'm getting there, okay? Yeah. So it shows him all the ghosts disappearing in his world. Oh, okay. So all show he's able to defy destiny and live because he's not because de- he's there is no destiny for him to die now, right? Right. So but he in, lives. But in the but, original, yeah, I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm not done. Okay. So right when that happens, though, a bag of chips <laughs> flies by. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> the bag of chips is the Shinra variety, which has that dog mascot on it. Okay. Uh huh. Except it's a different breed of dog now and a different logo, which basically is saying this is not the same reality that like cl- that, that the remake is from. This is a different reality. Right. They stepped the through general, that portal, and now they're yeah, in a different world. The general consensus I have found online about this scene is that this is not supposed to be taken like, oh, Zack's back, or we're going to play as Zack. This is just them doing some fan service, first of all, and also saying... Hey, hey, look at these alternate realities where things didn't end up the way you thought they did. This could happen in this reality, too, with the one you're playing as. Right, so the implication could be that Cloud, Tifa, Barrett, Aerith, and Red All 13, of them could die, all of them could live, It's everything's off or, the table. Or they could also exist uh, twice. There could be two clouds. Yes. Yeah, no, but nobody thinks there's going to be, like, a cross-universal... Cross interplay here people are thinking this is just a cute scene from square enix to be like here's some zach fair because you guys like zach also here's us showing that there's multiple realities not just one there's the original final fantasy 7 reality there's the remake reality there's the reality where zach lives there's a reality where jesse and biggs live which they show at the end which people also think is not the same one Wow, um, what a convoluted yes. and confusing way to end a game that was otherwise a very faithful, elaborative remake of a classic masterpiece. Yeah, so, like, and the reason, another reason why people think these are different realities is because there's this white, like, rain light bullshit happening there, and people are like, oh, wow, look at this white light. And then when you go back to, like, our Cloud and Aerith and stuff, there's no light or anything. Fuck there's off. no definitive answer here. So, yeah, uh, that's basically where the game ends. They're all just like, Aerith's like, look, I need to stop Sephiroth. He's the real danger to the planet. And everybody else is like, okay, I'll join you. I got nothing better to do. Cloud has a fucking wing in his hand. And he closes it being like, I <laughs> like need to stop Sephiroth. No, like a, like a black wing from Sephiroth. Like a and feather? He's like, all right. Yes, a feather. <laughs> and he's like, I'll, I'll go stop Sephiroth too. Uh, and so the wing thing, as people thinking, if you remember at the very beginning, you see the one wing, uh, sorry, the one feather that he finds right near the reactor right at the beginning of the game. Sure. People think that Sephiroth is the Sephiroth from Avon Children who has gone into the past, or at least this reality, has, knows what his future is, but knows that he can't change his future unless he kills the Whispers. So since the very beginning of the game, he constantly pokes and prods to see how much he can fuck with Destiny until he comes up with a plan to completely eliminate it, which he did, and now he's free to do whatever the fuck he wants because there is no nothing tying well, him down to Well, he's free to, to potentially win, wherein in every other scenario he loses. Yes. So that's what people are thinking, is that he went on this huge journey to go back into the past to manipulate the party to kill Destiny... So that he can do whatever he wants and use a planet as a spaceship to go fuck up other planets. It's a little overbooked, you would say. Yes. Whereas in the original, it was like, no, he wants to summon a big rock. Uh, the rock's going to make a big wound. He's going to go in there. He'll absorb all the juices. And now he's very powerful. That was it. That was his plan. This one involves <laughs> This one involves reality jumping, time travel, and fucking... What else have you? Final Fantasy VII original is complicated enough without all of this. All of this was far too... This, this, this was many things. This was far too meta. It was far too over the top for the ending of the first Final Fantasy VII game. How the fuck are you going to top this? Killing Destiny in a voidless realm. How are you going to top yeah, that? Fighting Sephiroth um, thrice. Yeah, fighting <laughs> in, a, yeah, in a voidless realm with your full party. With Aerith. With Aerith. Um... So, what a lot of people are are thinking that they made the ending so that if they never make another Final Fantasy VII game, this could have an quote-unquote ending? I'm going to say that that is, anything you're about to say after this is incorrect. I'm going to say the thing you just said is highly likely to be it. Uh, And on on top of them, maybe just being like, we know better. Like, that's the, the issue with all of these remakes, top to bottom, 
Uh, the thing that's really fucked up about Final Fantasy VII Remake is, at the point I'm at in the game, and hearing you talk about what I have ahead of me, really, until the last two hours of this 40-hour thing, they fucking did it. They were so they close did to it. greatness. This was the best Final Fantasy mainline game since ten. That's fucking... That's rad. And they couldn't help themselves, because the is like, oh, I guess the ending isn't flashy enough, it doesn't have enough of my bullshit in it, where... I- I gotta add in stupid Kingdom Hearts ideas that don't have any tangibility at all. It's just like, like, it wouldn't be such a big deal if if this was in a game like Final Fantasy Thirteen, which has so much to do with what Fate and Destiny has in store for you. Fate and Destiny has never been a theme of Final Fantasy Seven. Final no. Fantasy Seven was about identity. Uh, accepting oneself who they are, accepting your weakness, overcoming strength with friendship, shit like that. Right. The, like, it's it's almost cheapening the the story. Like it's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. It's almost like an affront to the original writers of the game who left yeah, that you know, shit out. That's not what the game is about. It is very realistic what, in they, how it yeah, deals they with made, this stuff. They made yeah. it seem like they didn't have confidence that this story would carry itself in 2020, which I think is completely fucking crazy because people still play. The original Final Fantasy VII and it still holds up. Yeah, yeah. The shit that they added, like with Jesse's parents and just going to that factory to do that extra stuff, that is the additional content I wanted. That yeah. was perfect. That Elaborating on a... it, like even the Aerith stuff when she's talking to the flowers and stuff. You're like, oh, yeah. they're just they're filling this out on the edges, and that's all we yeah. expected. Yeah. This made me give a lot more fucks about Aerith. This gave me a lot more fucks about Jesse. This stuff did not do any of that. This did not make me care more about the characters. This did not like get me more interested. You just wanted yeah. to get to the end of that tunnel and for the even credits if you, to roll. Even if you were adamant before this game started and you they, they signed their fist down and they're like, we're changing something drastically about this game, just do it. You don't need this, this fucking meta alternate universe time travel bullshit they called your shot if you were going to change something like if Aerith wasn't if you if the plan was hey what if we do this remake but we change the most major thing in this game which is Aerith dying if that if that was going into it their plan then just change it as you said get to that point and there's a twist like yeah just yeah don't you don't have to acknowledge it as some meta fucking like you don't have to announce it to the world like we're changing everything just call it at that point. Call it Final Fantasy VII Redo. Fucking. <laughs> well, I like, want a Final you, Fantasy VII Redo of this ending. Yeah you, yeah, you start the game out with one big change right off the bat. Like maybe Tifa is there at the beginning of the bombing run. Okay. Yeah. Right there, that sets the pace. Boom. Something's there's this game's going to be different. Then that, that's it. Then you'll never get in trouble for changing anything after that. Then you can keep the same themes, the same kind of plot the same ideas and you don't need to add in this fucking this weird reality paranormal bullshit and you get your new story you get the best of both worlds yeah but wow like yeah i just i don't understand what went on in their head i don't understand how they could get so far into that game without any of that and it's fine and then the last 2 hours they're just like like man you know what this game needs some Kingdom Hearts three. That's why they delayed it. They they wanted to just slide slide that into the end. <laughs> yeah, like I get I I get it. You don't want the final boss, the ending, to be the rollerball guy <laughs> that you fight at the end of disc one. So that's why I said you know maybe they get to the end of the thing and like Cloud sees Sephiroth and then you get a one on one fight with Sephiroth to end it with a like, with an acoustic version of One Way Angel, like a <laughs> piano version. Of, yo, seriously. Yeah. Like, that'd be the way... To, that's the way I would have it ended. They get to the end of the road. They're approaching the end of it. Cloud gets a fucking hallucination with Sephiroth. They're in, a, like, a black room. They have a piano version of One-Winged Angel. Not enough that you blow your load at it. They fight. It ends. Cloud's like, I need to stop Sephiroth. Yeah, Boom, but arguably done. at that point, the damage has been done with the Barrett death and quick undeath. Like, already... Well, no, you're, you're that, would be under the, that would be under the assumption all that shit was regular, too. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, no, this problem, this problem starts w- as soon as the ghosts show up with Aerith at the very beginning. Right. But it's n- it's never predominant enough that you care about it. It doesn't ruin anything until you get to the last two hours where they're now well, the main focus of the fucking story. It doesn't ruin anything until you realize what they have meant. Because the whole time yeah. you're in the back of your mind worried of what this is building to. What the fuck is this? It's completely unnecessary. Why is it here? Why change this if you're not changing yeah. anything else? And then the like, worry becomes... It- <laughs> if it was something else they teased throughout the story that fit the Final Fantasy VII theme, 
or uh, or world or anything. Like maybe there's like a genetic experiment that's stalking Cloud in the group, or like an ex soldier who uh, is like trying to do something with the gang to fuck him up. Like yeah. you can tease that throughout the whole game, and that'll have a good payoff because that fits with the theme, the characters, the story. But if you if I went up to you, Lee, before this game was out, and I'm like, Lee, I'm gonna give you an excellent Final Fantasy VII remake. You're gonna love it. Like it's gonna have everything you want. It's gonna have fantastic combat. It's gonna have the best graphics, the best music. You'd be like, great, can't yeah. wait to play it. Yep. And I'd be like, except the main theme of the game is ghosts that uh, that tie the thread of destiny. We haven't changed anything except we changed the biggest thing. We, we except we changed we, the main theme yeah. and we changed how everything ends. Right. You'd be like, okay, well, don't sell that to me as Final Fantasy VII Remake, then. Sell it to me as Final Fantasy VII fucking Redo or something. And that's another. That's the last thing I pretty much want to leave my rant off about, is this is not called the Final Fantasy VII Remake. This is Final Fantasy VII colon Remake, as in Sephiroth is remaking his goddamn destiny. And remake is not to be taken literally. It's the subtitle of this fucking game. And that's why the next game is going to be called Final Fantasy VII Relive or something. And the last game is going to be called Final Fantasy VII Reunion. Yeah, but when does Kadaj come in to the picture here? <laughs> yeah. And this this all comes back to the first trailer, how it ends with that dude speaking, just saying, The reunion at hand may bring joy. It may bring fear. But let us embrace whatever it may bring. And you're like, now I fucking get it, because you decide to, like, let's make this Kingdom Hearts, boys. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Listen, I, I don't I've... talk a lot about Kingdom Hearts, uh, because it's awful. And uh, yeah. if you like that game because it's awful, uh, then that's the right reason to like that game. I have I have played through uh, the main Kingdom Hearts. I've tried some of the spinoffs. I watched my wife play through Kingdom Hearts 3, and... Uh, uh, I don't know what to say, really. Yeah, the storytelling because, uh, is on a level of of convolution and like continuously introducing new ideas and splintering uh, characters into other characters and having different versions of characters yes, and having none conf- of it matter or 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 fuck man. Like, There's a difference between a confusing complex plot and a good complex plot. Yes, like like Metal Gear Solid Three is a good complex plot. Once you get all the pieces and you put them together, like, notwithstanding Metal Gear Solid 4 and everything that came after, just Metal Gear Solid 3, once you put all the pieces together and you get the story together, you're like, yes, that was complicated, but now that I understand everything, that was fucking brilliant. Everything lined up together. If you wanted to do a flash-forward of something at the end of this game, when Cloud gets to the outside of Midgar, have him have a flash of being outside of Midgar when he got his PTSD seeing Zack die in front of him. And if you want to have your fan service, have him have one more little seizure at the end where you play as Zack and die. The same scene as Crisis Core. awesome. Right. It's not hard, oh. man. If you want to do that, like, this seems as an affront to, I don't want to say an affront to the fans, because ultimately, fuck, fuck expectations for things like this, but... Like, just sitting here and thinking, like, you wanted some kind of fan service thing to close this out. You even, even after that battle with uh, Sephiroth uh, or whatever, like, yes, to close this game out with the credits, basically do the same thing Crisis Core does. You fight with Zack through the credits until he dies, but, and then that's yeah, like, but you if never you haven't met... played Final Fantasy VII before, now you have a mystery going into the next game. What the fuck was that? I saw Who was Cla- that guy? Yeah, I saw Cloud there. He's If you're a fan of the game, obviously, you're popping off. Like, this is the greatest thing that ever happened. If you don't know, there's a bit of a mystery. You can go look up who Zack is. Uh, it leaves you wanting something for the next game and gives you that fan service that you don't need from a Edge of Creation battle with Sephiroth. Uh, yeah, it's fucking... It's just saying that sentence is ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> Reed, I'm going to have to cut you off because you took up the entire time. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> this will uh, be a wild episode. Yeah. So what I'm going to do? We should just call this. The, we should just call this the Final Fantasy VII remake. This episode. is the Final Fantasy VII colon remake colon podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, what I'm going to do is actually record a bit uh, that will go before this, uh, so people know when the spoilers start. Uh, where I'm going to talk about all the news and the Animal Crossing stuff I had to talk about. Uh, but for, for otherwise, this is going to be the end of the show. Uh, so thank you for joining me, Reed. When I get to the end of this game, I'm sure I'm going to have some uh, thoughts, uh, and I'll try to see between the lines on things maybe you didn't bring up that uh, that caught my eye. But uh, goddamn, 
uh, how close were they to f- they had it they had it in their hands it was right there they were this close unbelievable unbelievable <laughs> unbelievable uh Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe out there. As always, you can listen to Sultans of Slam on Sunday, where I will be reviewing AEW Dynamite, The Big Show Show, and Total Bellas, as I do alone now uh, every week. Uh, Reed, thank you for joining me. We will be back next Friday to talk more about, I'm sure, Final Fantasy VII Remake and whatever else uh, we've been playing. Uh, until then, thanks for signing up, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you later.